I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Got a great episode for you today. We're going to be interviewing uh, entertainment lawyer Eric Griffin. He's with Music City Council. And he's going to have uh, some great information for you. I think one of the things songwriters tend to not do as much as they should is educate themselves about the legality around their music. And if you're trying to write commercially or if you're putting out your own music, you need to know some certain basic legal things to protect yourself and to protect your songs. So that's the kind of thing we're going to talk about with Eric today. Uh, First, we're going to kick it off with a song. And then we'll get into the interview. Hanging out with you, trying to keep my cool, leaning in against the bar. You're moving closer, head on my shoulder, I'm feeling sparks in my heart. Heat is rising and I'm trying not to lose control. But heaven knows Your whiskey brown eyes Are like jack on ice Sending tangles up and down my spine I'm caught in a trance And my heart won't stop dancing Burns so good Yeah, it's a beautiful high Wanna stay lost inside Your whiskey brown eyes Light my desires like a raging fire Can't stop craving for your kiss I grab my glass, toss it back Can cool me down with just a sip Thoughts are spinning inside my head No, it ain't the bourbon that's got me drunk Girl, you're the one Your whiskey brown eyes Are like jack on ice Sending tangles up and down my spine I'm caught in a trance And my heart won't stop dancing Burns so good, yeah It's a beautiful high Wanna stay lost inside Your whiskey brown eyes Your whiskey brown eyes Are like jack on ice Sending tingles up and down my spine I'm caught in a trance and My heart won't stop dancing Burns so good, yeah, it's a beautiful high Wanna stay lost inside I wanna stay lost inside Whiskey brown eyes Your whiskey brown eyes Hanging out with you, trying to keep my cool 
Leaning in against the bar That was Whiskey Brown Eyes, written by Corey Lee Barker, T.J. Kirby, and Dima Homsi, a Songtown member from Greece. We have Songtown members all over the world uh, writing some great songs, but I just love that one. I'm glad I could share it with you here. All right, let's jump right into the interview with uh, Clay Mills, myself, and Eric Griffin. All right, we have a special guest in the Songtown studio today with me and Clay Mills. Uh, We have Eric Griffin, who is an attorney with Music City Council. He's also an educator. Uh, He teaches at Belmont University, and in the spring he's going to be teaching at Colorado State University. We were just talking about our mutual love for Colorado, so he's fired up about that. So welcome, Eric. Morning, Clay. It's a real pleasure to be here. I am so excited to be on one of your first podcasts, and it's I've been a Songtown fan and, I guess, uh, resident for quite a few years. And I'm excited to see you guys going and, and moving into this direction. I think it's going to be a fantastic move for y'all. Thank you. We're excited about it, too. So we just have a few legal questions. We have people all the time in Songtown coming to us with, with a certain set of questions. So we we just want to cover a few of those with you today. Um and then you're also a person that uh, people can reach out to if they if they need particular and specific help in some of these areas. Um, but first of all, one of the big things we see all the time are issues with single song contracts. So can you talk a little bit about what are the biggest issues people need to watch out for uh, in regard to single song contracts? Well, a single song contract is generally going to be the first thing that any songwriter sees. Um, someone's not going to come to you most of the time and say, okay, I want to buy your whole catalog. They're, they want to kick the tires. They want to feel things out. And oftentimes, I think the most important thing, and this is, first off, let's, let's back up a second to the whole disclaimer. This is not particular legal advice for anybody in particular. If you guys have questions, specifics, call me, get a hold of me, reach out through Marty or Clay. They can put us in touch. If it's just a real simple thing. I'm not going to charge you. I'm just going to help you out. But if you need something more specific, we can do that. But as far as just give you some overview of of things that what what we'll do today. Um, I think one of the most important things is know who you're dealing with. No, no. When someone comes to you with a single song contract, if somebody sends you an email and you don't know who they are, you don't think about them, vet them, find out who they are, find out who are these people and why are they interested in you? And don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid you're going to chase them away. If it's legitimate interest, they're going to keep, they're going to, they're, they're going to stick with you and they're not going to be afraid to show their bona fides. Um, we just, prior to going on, on, on air today, uh, we were talking about the bona fides of, of these two gentlemen that we're talking to today. That's why people trust you, Marty and Clay, because they, they know that you guys can back it up. I mean, I'm looking at, Stuff on your wall there we talked about earlier, Marty, and that 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 goes to show. And, and Clay's got the same, and, you know. So find out who you're dealing with. Second thing is, even though you might say, "Oh, it's just one song," and you know what, there's no money in it, or there's very little money in it. By all means, get in touch with it with an attorney if you're not comfortable with it, with it, with the information there, and you probably won't be. Um, Learn about the business. Go pick up Don Passman's book, All You Need to Know About the Music Business. It really is um, a the music industry bible for a reason. I give one to every one of my clients, um, my, my management clients when I used to manage. Um, but uh, know who, so know who, know who you're dealing with and then, and then get help with all the questions. Um, in terms of specific pitfalls, 
you know, every contract's going to have a different thing. One of the key things you don't want to do is don't get your song tied up for an inordinate amount of time. Um, and if we're talking about, you know, there's so many different kinds of single song contracts. If you're talking about a publishing deal versus a song pitching deal um, versus all that kind of thing. It's going to be, you know, what, what do they want from you? Find out. Um, what are the kind of single song contracts you guys see most often? Are they, are they people looking to pitch or are they people looking to use a song for a sync or for uh, recorded use? What's the most common you think you see? Most common we get is, is a, a contract that is basically a publishing contract for that one song. And, and very often they tie the song up forever. Yeah. You know, there's no reversion. It's taken all the publishing. So that and those are ones that come across to us as a little bit predatory. Absolutely, and now there is a saying to, in, in the business of "Don't ever give away your publishing," and that is true. But that doesn't mean don't ever sell your publishing. <laughs> um, if you got as 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 is also commonly said, if you've got a hundred percent of nothing, you've got nothing. So I'm not the person who says don't ever let your publishing work for you. On the other hand. If you have the ability to, and this all comes with leverage as you get more and more, if you have the ability to limit your deal to a co-pub deal instead of a full pub deal, do so. By all means, unless you're in extraordinary circumstances, don't let anyone touch your writer's share. Um, if, that, if that's part of the conversation from the get-go, I'd suggest just going someplace else. Um, it's, 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 you know, it's possible that you can give up lighter shares, but people will tell you you can't. It is possible, but it is highly inadvisable, and it's a it's a, it's a major red flag. Now, in terms of perpetuity and how long, if you don't know somebody, are you going to let them? You know, are you going to let them watch your baby for ever? Are you going you know, <laughs> to raise your baby? Yeah, raise your baby. Are you going to want to check in every once in a while? Um, don't be so precious that you don't let somebody try and move forward and work a song. But if they haven't done anything in six months or a year, and I think, you know, let's realize that it does take time to do things in this business. But if they haven't done anything within a year, if they've gotten zero placements, I think it's time for a reversion. And it, it all right should come back to you. Now, if they exploit the song in some manner, and exploit being a positive term here, um, then I think at that point, maybe they earn, we call it an eat what you kill. If they exploit it, then they deserve to have some sort of publishing or rights in the song. And you can do that. You can say, uh, if you earn $750 in a year for my song, then at that point, then we will vest your, your, your ownership of the copyright. But until then, you don't own anything. And that makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Because then someone's willing to work for you because they've got to show it. Now, will they have it in perpetuity afterwards? Yes. But there's a somewhat little known, but becoming more well-known um, wrinkle in the copyright law that after 35 years, you can get it back. You can always get your publishing back. So you're going to, that's why you're seeing uh, a lot of artists and songwriters going in and seeing these changes with big catalogs and whatnot. A lot of people are going and getting their rights back and 35 years old. Some of those hit songs that were massive hits, it's going to really start coming through for country music now, but it's been coming through with R and B and Motown and, and pop, there's the ability to go get your to, to get your publishing 100% back in some in some manner, and don't you know don't sleep on that for those of you writers who are out there who've got some old hits. You know? Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, my first single song contract that I was offered 
had a clause that said if they changed one note of the arrangement, which was defined as my work tape, they got half the writer's share in addition to all the publishing. Wow. And my attorney at the time said, no. Some of those so, old <laughs> man, oh gosh, it's, yeah. it's you cringeworthy. Cringe it's rough. And sometimes you can head off, you know, a bad deal immediately before you, you know, if you go back to the person offering you the deal and say, hey, I'd like to discuss possibly changing this. Well, I've found that most of the sharksters out there won't even get back to you. You know, it's they send you a contract and lock you up or they don't want to have anything to do with you. When someone so, says, I'm not going to negotiate, okay, walk away. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's, there's too many people who just put a template up online and say, sorry, we're not going to change it. Why? I, I can't, I can't put a life of me when I've ever approached any of these people. I, I have had people say, well, I understand your basis for this and why you want to change it, but I'm not going to do it. You know, my answer to that is, do I need that person? Do I really need that person? And if I don't feel I do, I'll move on. There's if you no, don't trust that person, if they won't work with you, do you think anyone else is going to be successful at doing something with your music with them anyway? You know? And you're talking about art, so there's no one size fits all. Absolutely. And that's the other reason that, and I'm not trying to sell you on always hiring an attorney, although I think in many places you should, um, but that's why you should need to talk to somebody. A template is a poor excuse for an educated mind. Um, as they, I think my sister has a coffee mug that says she's a doctor and that says Google is a, is, is a poor excuse for my medical degree. You know? <laughs> um, exactly. It is. I have people who come to me and say, can you, can you make me a template for a songwriting agreement? I said, yeah, I can make you one. But each time you do a songwriting deal, you're going to want to call me and at least spend 10 minutes on the phone with me because every term, every every template's different. There's no template for this business. And especially right now, we are at the most exciting and creative part of the music business, and it's also dangerous because of that. Yeah, awesome. Clay, you want to hit Eric up with question number two? Eric, when does a songwriter need a lawyer? Uh, before you sign anything. <laughs> um, I think then, um, I think you know it, don't you? You know when you don't know what you know, what you don't know. Um, I think that's when, and I think, honestly, I think having a relationship with a lawyer is great anyway. What I do, and I think you guys have noticed this, uh, I, I've become, throughout my life as an attorney, I've become a bridge. I introduce people to each other. I, 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 I don't, just working on contracts is one thing I do. But one thing I do that I don't charge for, but is a value to my clients, is I put people together and I help build relationships. If I hear of something that's going on, and I, my ear is always to the ground, I'm always trying to learn, then I'll put people together. And my, what I love to do is take one plus one and equal three. That is something that just, I get off on that. It excites me. And I would think that, you know, you would want that in your life, somebody who's going to do that. So make it in, make Make, call up three different, if, you're, if you don't have an attorney right now and you're a song town, call up three different attorneys and just introduce yourself. Find out who you like. And if they if they don't have time for you, you might want to move on to the next one. And I'm not saying to call them and ask them for free advice all the time. Eventually that gets a little old. But there are also other opportunities for those of you 
who are, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're really strapped financially, there's the Tennessee volunteer lawyers for the arts and they will put you in touch with somebody. They're a great organization. If you don't, if you're not in Tennessee, I would almost bet that your state or your, your municipality has something like that. There's one in Colorado called Colorado lawyers for the arts that I work with. There's one in California, California lawyers for the arts. There are resources. They, they go unused. Um, oh, so that's great. Don't be afraid about just the cost of a lawyer. Think about the cost of not hiring a lawyer. You know, that's, that's even worse. Perpetuity is a word that gets thrown around pretty loosely. How long is perpetuity, guys? It's forever. It's a long time. It's, it's, it's longer than and I it, got. <laughs> it's a long time to be in a bad relationship, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, what, what we tell people is there, before you put your, your name on a piece of paper that does something with one of your songs, you need to know what you're doing. You know, you need to know what you're giving up and what you're getting. And the, the best way to do that, if you, unless you understand the contract, is to get a lawyer. And you're not always going to get a better deal because you go to a lawyer. I will tell you, I will not always be able to get you a better deal, but I'll be able to make you understand what you're signing. I have had clients that have signed deals that I will tell them is not a deal that I approve of. It's not a deal that I think is a good deal. They will, if they want to sign it anyway, I'm okay with that. It's about being educated about what you're doing. You know? Exactly. Okay, that, that's really the answer to your question, Clay. Make sure, when, you, when you don't know what you're doing, make sure you're comfortable. And if it takes a lawyer to do that, talk to a lawyer. If you can talk to a fellow song towner, talk to a fellow song towner. They probably have some experience and can give you good advice too. Perfect. Yep, awesome. What are some legal red flags that songwriters need to watch out for in their business dealings? We've touched on a few, but are there any more that you can think of maybe beyond single song contracts? Well, the word perpetuity. Um, one thing I I don't know if it's, a, if it's a pitfall, but this is something that I think Every songwriter and all the, all the kids that I work with at Belmont, not all of them are kids, but all the kids I teach at Belmont. Um, one thing that I ask them is when you go into a room, do you, or do you set up your splits? Do you make an arrangement with somebody? Now in Nashville, there's an agreement and there's a term called a word for a third, which basically means if you're in the room, everything is split equally amongst the people. Well, the way the music world is gone, it's changed significantly in pop and hip hop and other businesses to where it's not always split equally like that. And oftentimes it can be based on your leverage and whatnot. It is awkward. And I'll tell you just about any one of your members that comes in and sits down in the room with one of you two guys is going to be intimidated, you know, and that's not, not, not a knock on you at all. It's just that they know that you're very good at what you do and that's intimidating to people. My suggestion is not to walk into that room and then just cower and, 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 and be afraid to bring up that conversation. But it doesn't, also it doesn't behoove them a lot of times in your first meeting with someone to sit down and hand them a piece of paper and say, this is our song split. My suggestion, and I'd actually, I'd love to run this by you guys. I'm gonna ask you this question because it's, it's worked for my clients and I think it, it makes sense. What I have them do is when they're done with the writing session, generally when you're done, you're going to turn in a lyric sheet or you're gonna turn in a, a demo tape or something to your publishing company or you're going to put it you know you're going to you're going to log it into your computer somewhere or and if you have a, a written log my suggestion is to send a text or an email to that person that you just wrote with thank them of course for doing that and let them know this is this is here's 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 the song by the way i typed the lyrics up for you because they would love if you did that for them i know that from most of the artists i know they hate writing up the lyrics so I've typed them up for you so you can turn them into your publisher. Matter of fact, here's the demo I put together. 
that we put together. Uh, everything's all ready to go. And my understanding that we're, I, I need to register this with my publisher. Uh, my understanding is this is an even split 50 50. If there is, a, and, and when they write you back, if there's no conflict there, if there's no change, then you're good. But if they say, you know what, I feel like I really brought that song to the table. I've walked in already with the melody done. And really, you help me just massage some of the lyrics. I feel like that's not the right split. You'll have that conversation at that time. And that needs to happen. But it shouldn't happen while you're creating the song. And it shouldn't happen three years from now when you sell the song. Yeah. Pre-COVID, I had just a pad of split sheets. And we have on Songtown one that people can download. But I would just, at the end of the co-write, get everybody to sign that. Hey, my publisher needs all your contact information. and, And it just an agreement but that's a great way to do it digitally now that zoom has kind of gotten in the way of my little pad of paper <laughs> yeah i mean but do but do it that's the number one thing by all means do it don't be afraid that just because the power dynamic with the writer that you're writing with is different don't be afraid to have that conversation and eric i've always heard that legally the copyright law says if there's no agreement then it's equal shares for everybody Yep. So um, what you're suggesting, though, is don't rely on that. Go ahead and have the conversation. Absolutely. It's, okay. better, it's always better to have something on paper. It's always better to have something on paper. And um, you can rely on it, uh, but you know, sometimes things change. Um, there is a, a famous case, famous-ish, um, Harry Connick Jr. He had an agreement to do a 70-30 split with a lyricist and 70 on his side. Well, that was for one record. Well, they did a record two years later and they never re-upped the deal and she got 50% of all the songs because they didn't have a new written deal. So, you know, good for her, not so great for Harry. (laughs) Yeah. Oops. Yeah, well, he's got a TV show now or something I hear, so he's probably probably doing okay. Yeah, I bet bet he's all right. I I think so. He's a good looking guy. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he is. He's done well for himself. Okay. All right, Clay, you got an, one more question? You know, this is really important because these days, artists and songwriters, it's so easy to release your own music. So are there any legalities around releasing your own music that songwriters really need to know? Yeah, if you put it out and it's it, that's technically considered publishing your music as the term. Um, if you put your music out there, it's now you, you've, you've crossed that threshold of what's called first release. And that means that anyone else could now release that song. All they have to do is pay you a compulsory royalty, mechanical royalty. Now, especially in the country world, that's not always bad. Um, there's plenty of songs that have been cut over and over again um, before they went to number one or before they became a big hit. But you may not want a particular song to be released by someone else. If you're, a, if you're an artist, especially, be careful. Because if you're putting your songs up there on SoundCloud, you're putting them out there, you are at risk of someone else coming along. And it's not they're going to steal your song, but I'm sure some of you would consider it stealing your song if all you've done is put it up there for some people to listen to. And it, all of a sudden, another artist comes along and says, hey, for 9.1 cents per copy, I can go ahead and use this song that you thought was going to be your big break. It was going to be the one that you put out there. Um, one famous example to clarify how this, this thing, the, the first use thing worked is uh, Zach Brown Band and Chicken Fried. 
Zach had written this song, Chicken Fried, which became the, the song that really launched him on the market, at least on the, on the big country market. There was a band called the Lost Trailers because they kept getting their trailers stolen um, <laughs> with some really nice guys in there, uh, Manny Dina and a bunch of other guys, really cool cats. And they were on uh, the RCA label, I believe, or some affiliate of it. Well, they were going to release Chicken Fried. They had the video all done. They were ready to all go with it. And somebody forgot to clear it. And next thing you know, Zach's coming along saying, that's my song. That's going to be my launching board. And as it turns out, that's what ended up happening. And they had to retool their entire project. Now, do you think there's the, do you think, you know, Joe Galani was excited to hear that, that about his, you know, the money that he just spent on, on Lost Trailers? I, I don't think so. Um, neither one of them is at RCA anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, that, neither here nor there, but just make, you know, make, make, make be careful about that. Um, what else? So what you're saying, Eric, is if that song had been released quietly in a small market by Zach Brown, that would have constituted first use and the lost trailers could have gone ahead and put the song out. Absolutely. But yeah. So that, that really is an important distinction. Absolutely. And be also be aware that your co-writers, if it's a joint work, your co-writer can grant first use against your will. And that's, that can be dangerous too. You know, what happens if your co-writer says, Hey, I've got this, this, this band here in, in, you know, Chattahoochee, wherever that is. And we they're going to, they want to play they, they, They've heard my song. They want to play it and they want to put it out on their record. And you're like, um, I've, I've got, but I've, Keith Urban's got, got that song. He, he's going to listen to it. And I know I've got this person who's going to get to them. So Clay, Clay's good friends with him. He's going to hook me up. Well, you can run into those kind of problems. So, you know, make sure you have good relationships with your co-writers and you, you can work these things out. Or, or maybe maybe that's the song you want to release to be your your break breakthrough. And there's one thing that the, the labels say a lot, which is true. They say a lot that isn't true, but the one thing they say is true is you only get one chance to say boo. You know? So if that's your song, don't let it go away. That doesn't mean don't put your stuff out there, but make sure you know what you're doing and what can happen if you do it. That's one of the biggest sources of conflict we see in that, you know, three people in Songtown will write a song. One of them will pitch it to an artist that's maybe not on a label, doesn't have a deal, but it's a friend of theirs. Oh, yeah. And the other two people were hoping they could pitch it to a big artist, and that artist gets excited about it, maybe goes ahead and cuts it, and by the time everybody gets on the same page to even know what's going on two people are mad at their co-writer and the song's you know coming out and somebody spent money on it so the artist is angry that they got some pushback on it so yeah i think communication there is huge with your your co-writers about who you're pitching it to who you're willing to license it to and and making sure everybody's on the same page with that don't get too upset if someone does that and they let their friend and they're playing it in the bar to 50 people do you think realistically that Brad Paisley's not going to cut that song because he was worried that 50 people heard it on a Saturday night? Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a great song, it's a great song, and, and Brad's going to cut the song. That's all there is to it. Um, I mean, when I'm not going to say the name of the artist, but when we went into Sony with an artist of mine that I managed, um, we were given three copies of Sony records that were released by legit artists that did not do so well, and they said, See if you like any of these songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they'd released them already and they just said, hey, these are great songs. They just, for whatever reason, they didn't become successful. 
Yeah, just laying around. It happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. Exactly. Well, that's all great stuff. Thank you for being here with us today. We'll put your information in the show notes if people want to get in touch with you. Um, I'm here in Nashville. I'm also admitted in California and Colorado. I know you guys are nationwide, worldwide, I believe. Um, we are. And I would love, you know, I'd love to help out anybody I can. And if you want to have me back, I'd love to come back and, you know, be, be a part of Songtown again. Well, we're glad to have you. It's Like I said, it's, it's great to have somebody that we, we trust to send people to when they have questions because Clay and I are not law experts. You got that right. I enjoy it, and I'll tell you that here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break a, a silent code of the lawyer. We don't know everything. We just know where to find it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're good detectives. We know where to go find the answers. Yeah. So if you come to me with something, I may not know the answer, but I generally can find, can find the answer. And to me, the that's the mark of somebody that's legit, you know. So when when Clay and I try to stay in our lane, and we try to point people to other people that, you know, if they have questions that are not in our area of expertise. Absolutely, and if I need if I need to write a song, I come to you guys. There you go. But I love what you guys are doing. I know I said this earlier, but I'm going to go ahead and give you an, un, an un, unsolicited uh, pitch of there are a lot of people doing similar things to what is Songtown, or, or there's a few that are not necessarily doing it in, in the right way. And you guys are doing it right. Songtown's a community. It, the people I've, you've referred to me from Songtown speak so highly of it and love it. Never heard anyone speak badly about it. And what you guys are doing and growing is amazing. You're, you're doing it at the right pace, in the right place. And I'm just really proud of you guys. And I'm, I'm excited to be uh, involved. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Yeah, well, take care and we hope to see you soon. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever y'all do. Um, And uh, thank you for having me on Songtown's new podcast. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. I hope you found that helpful. Um, And I think the most important thing to take away from that discussion is you can't really get answers to your questions from any kind of generalized information. All that stuff's great to to learn and know and digest, but then once you get a contract offered on one of your songs um, or a staff writing contract or something like that, you need a lawyer to look it over to make sure that that specific instance is is good and right and that it's that you're not signing something you don't understand. So uh, Eric is great. He's out there. Um, we'll put his contact information in the show notes. Uh, but there's also, you know, entertainment lawyers all over the country. So uh, what we recommend is anytime you have a legal question, do some research on your own and then check in with a lawyer. And it can save you a lot of time, money, and headache in the long run uh, to do that. All right, we're going to give you another song. Uh, this one's called Time to Fly by a group called Appalachian Moderna.
that you would try Not just run away and hide Now it's time to say cool song that was written by jada james and jeff scornavaca um jeff's a longtime songtown member and they've been writing some really cool stuff for sync so they're, they're pitching that for tv movie kind of situations we have songwriters in songtown that write every genre imaginable um they have a lot of fun they connect from all over the world so if you're not familiar with songtown please check us out we're really grateful to be a part of the american songwriter podcasting network we appreciate them and uh, we hope to see you around we hope that you stay healthy and well and that you bring your unique self to your songwriting and you continue to pursue your craft take care we'll see you next episode please follow us uh, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts tell your friends give us a rating All those things really help us. We prefer good ratings, but uh, we'd love any feedback. And if you want to contact me or Clay Mills, uh, my email is marty at songtown.com, M-A-R-T-Y, and Clay is clay at songtown.com. And we'd love to answer any questions about the community or about the podcast or any of the episodes or guests that we feature. We'll see you soon.